Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. And we are back with this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. We're doing ATDC Radio today. Blake, we've already got one under our belt. I thought that was an inspiring and very invigorating conversation with those two young gentlemen. But uh, I think we're going to have fun all day, man. I love doing this down here, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> it, it beats the heck out of working, doesn't it? Yeah, this is us. This, I don't think there's going to be anything better than this. All right. Well, this is going to be no exception. A little bit later in the program, we're going to hear from Danielle Major with Convos. Smart Convos. Smart Convos. But first up on this episode of ATDC Radio, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast ATDC's sponsor company, Cook Baxter Immigration, and we're visiting with Danielle Claffy, how are you? Hi there. I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you. Uh, your organization, mission, purpose, what are you guys out there trying to do for folks? Right. So uh, what we do is we're an immigration law firm, uh, which means we practice immigration law. Um, what that means, of course, you hear about immigration all the time. You hear about it oh, in yeah. the news, you <laughs> all the exciting, juicy stuff, you know, controversial stuff, and then some of the more, you know, mundane, um, straightforward types of immigration law in our practice area. So basically what we do, and specifically for ATDC, and part of our connection here is being one of the sponsors is we engage in corporate-based immigration law. So what that really means in a nutshell is sponsorship for visas, um, whether it's H-1B visa petitions, those are for specialty occupation workers, you know, those who have degrees in certain fields, many of them Georgia Tech graduates that get fed through the ATDC program, or other individuals that I meet who are actually, you know, owners or officers with the startups that are a- with ATDC um, that might be foreign nationals themselves or maybe partnering up with investors. So we get involved with a lot of international investors looking to try to apply for visas in the United States. And a lot of times investment in the U.S. in companies and in enterprises is a great vehicle for those individuals to be able to immigrate here either on a temporary basis or on a long-term permanent basis, meaning a green card in the United States and eventual citizenship helps to grow the economy. Um, So there's really a lot of benefits and and it really works both ways. So that's a lot of the conversations that I have with ATDC members with students coming out of tech. Um, And so that's much of what we do on the employment or corporate side of immigration. So as an entrepreneur myself, Mm -hmm. this strikes me as a patch of water, very difficult, if not impossible to navigate without the benefit Mm -hmm. of someone or a group with specialized knowledge and definitive expertise Mm -hmm. in an area. This is not something you want to try to tackle on your own with some, um, I don't know, legal, uh, legal Zoom documents, right? Right. No, I mean, that's a really good point, And it's absolutely true. You know, we get the question all the time, hey, can we just prepare this paperwork on our own? Do you think we'll be fine? And I say a lot of times, I have a lot of individuals that certainly do prepare and file things on their own, and then invariably end up coming to us because they've run into a roadblock, or they've run into issues. And then we're either fixing something at that point, if it can be fixed or starting over from scratch. Um, it can be really complicated. And particularly for investors that are working really hard to get their companies off the ground, and worrying about so many other components of their business, it's a lot easier to be able to leave this part to a professional immigration attorney to handle all of that rather than the individuals having to be really stressed and try to undertake, you know, the processing and the HR components and the completion and preparation of forms and then all the legal brief writing. And the fact of the matter is uh, 
immigration, even on the corporate side. And I know a lot of a lot of people hear about what's going on in the news. But even on the corporate <clears throat> side, immigration has become quite difficult to navigate and to manage uh-huh. in terms of processing work based applications, meeting the requirements that uh, USCIS, which is U.S. Citizenship and Immigration. And I'm Services. sure all that remains static, right? That never changes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right? No, it's got to be constantly changing, right? right? The reality of it is it is changing every day. I mean, just in the last couple of years, we see changes daily, weekly, and some folks uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's hard to understand is that uh, laws are not always static because laws are always subject to interpretation. The way that laws are applied, the analysis, new cases that come out that might be a, a new denial that we've never seen before on a new basis, mm-hmm. um, something that's never been entertained before, you know? And so that's a lot of what we have to navigate really well. And we as attorneys and at Cookbacks for Immigration, we have to stay on top of that because we have to know what USCIS is currently looking at in terms of their requirements, what's now required of a mechanical or an electrical engineer with a master's degree, you know, working in the capacity as an electrical engineer for a company, a new up and coming company. And we have to be able to show that that company actually requires the services of somebody who does have a specialty occupation type of degree, meaning they have the degree that is absolutely necessary to perform that job. And if we can't prove that, we're going to run into issues with being able to get it approved. And then the company runs into issues and wanting to have somebody join them. And then they can. And that can create a lot of issues, Mm -hmm. including including uh, misinvested, poorly invested money and all and going through that whole process. Mm -hmm. What you said earlier uh, reminds me of that billboard, like we fix nine hundred dollar nose jobs, right? You know, right. right? Like, so you find yourself doing some remedial work from time to time Absolutely. for people that don't do it well. Okay, so let's back up a little bit because mm-hmm. you mentioned one set of criteria for one situation mm-hmm. and one situation, one reason mm-hmm. uh, to go and 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 recruit and develop talent outside of our borders, bring them in. Mm-hmm. Is this situation where? That's, that's where the expertise is. Mm-hmm. And then there's, it's, it's upon us and our professional, mm-hmm. uh, service providers to sure. help us document that, build that case. Uh, sure. what are some other reasons? Like, why are people going beyond our borders? Mm-hmm to go get help. Right. So it's not always the case, right? It's not as though, of course, all of the talent is just on a global scale and not within the United States. Um, it's just that the talent is there and and it is available and individuals are still going to want to immigrate to the United States just like they've been doing for centuries, right? And that's, that's no different. Um, part of our requirements are to prove that, that the requirement that the need is there. And we do have to establish that, particularly when going through the green card stage. So when we're facing an individual who's looking to remain in the U.S. permanently and the company wants to be able to employ that permanent that person on a permanent basis, we do have to show the need. We do have to show that 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 individual is is superior and and qualified for that particular position. So we can't just overlook that. We can't just say we're just going to select these individuals over anybody else. We have to receive resumes, review, review resumes and make sure that person is definitely qualified. But to be honest with you, a lot of times where we are able to recruit and find great talent and is or where companies are recruiting from a lot of times are from universities in the area so particularly from Georgia Tech I mean there's a significant international uh, international student body and many of them are looking to get into the field and being and wanting to be able to remain in the United States and use the degree that they acquire at Georgia Tech whether it's an you know undergraduate degree or master's degree and and use that to 
be able to, you know, get themselves into the workforce here in the United States. Um, a lot of times that's why they choose to get educated in the U.S. Georgia Tech obviously provides a great education, particularly in STEM fields, which is, as most of you know, probably uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. So when we have these great recruits coming out of tech, what happens then is they typically become eligible for what's called OPT, which is optional practical training. It gives them a vehicle to be able to transition into the workforce. So they get employment authorization for at least a year, but up to three years through a STEM program. And many times what that does is that allows, that provides a benefit to prospective employers as well as the employee in that they can then work free of having to be sponsored by the company for between one year and three years just by having this work authorization incident to their graduation from a degree program. And here again, I don't have that paperwork on my nightstand. Like that's right. not at the tip of my tongue. I don't yes. know that because I was just trying to think through at Business Radio X, we're building out this network of mm-hmm. these studios that try to support and celebrate business. Um, and what a great town to be in, right? Like with Georgia Tech right here. Yeah. So let's say I bring on a kid out from Bangladesh, wherever, mm-hmm. um, and, and they help us start like a, a tech series and, and we want to bring them in. Are there some things that I could do during that time period or early on yes. that would cause me to shoot myself in the foot and then conversely – some things I could do to set set things up properly to help you help us. Sure. Yes to both. Okay. Um, so, and one thing to be very careful of and what a lot of employers don't know about is they're not familiar mm. with these STEM programs and what's required to employ an individual who has OPT that I talked about, which is that employment authorization. So it's unrestricted in one sense in that an employer doesn't have to file a visa for that individual because they have this OPT already. But what the, where the requirements are is that the individual has to work within their field of study. So the employment that they receive upon graduation has to be, so for an electrical engineer, again, they have to be working for a company where they're utilizing Mm. their education and their background, and they're essentially working under the tutelage of a supervisor within the company because there's something called a training program for STEM grads. So when they get a job with a company, right, and they begin working for that company without visa sponsorship, but just on the OPT, that company has to make sure that they're walking them through the training program, that there's a supervisor over overseeing the work that they're doing uh, to making, you know, make sure that they're staying on track, that they're actually learning from this experience um, because it really is in essence a training experience with the employer. What that then does is so long as the employer is guided through how to properly implement and guide the employee through the training program, uh, that's really important because that training program is, is uh, guided and governed by the Department of Homeland Security. Which means if the Department of Homeland Security that just scares me just talking about exactly it. And, <laughs> that and, phrase like right. just <laughs> makes all of us a little nervous. Right? No, and it does because you hear about those agencies and you hear about DHS and you think, oh my god, you just think enforcement and <laughs> and there is it's certainly a component of enforcement. But what it's meant to do is it protects the employer, it protects the employee, you know, so the job is on the up and up, and it also then helps to really integrate the individual, this foreign national, into the United States, into the economy, into our workforce, and also provide the employer with the ability to bring somebody on almost on like a conditional basis. And then they realize, hey, we really like this guy or gal. We really maybe want to bring them on on a more permanent basis. And then we can help to guide them through not, you know, beyond that training, the STEM training program, the forms that all that need to be filled out and all the I-9 requirements, because our firm also engages I-9 verification, E-Verify. We walk our clients through that. Sometimes that's all we do for clients. Um, God Mm. forbid a client ever gets audited 
funded, uh, you know, by the Department of Labor. Those are also right. there are significant immigration components to all of that. And no employer, especially a startup, you know, a new enterprise ever wants to run into issues where they're not properly completing all the paperwork for all their employees, immigrants or, you know, or citizens alike. And so we walk through through all of that. And, and certainly if the employer decides that they're happy with that employee and they've complied with all the paperwork and done it properly, it makes it so mm-hmm. much easier to transition then to the work visa, to the green card, to eventual citizenship. And it just makes for a smooth process. And that's really what the Department of Homeland Security and USCIS, which is part of DHS, that's what they're looking for. They're just making sure um, that if we are employing foreign nationals in the U.S., that the company and the employer are doing everything by the book and doing it right. So, so the phrase that comes to me for all this is peace of mind. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way from just sort of those, it's probably not fair to call them routine, but they're important and they need to be done all the way, mm-hmm. all the way through. And you don't want me as a, as a business, you don't want me calling you on Thursday because Wednesday I told the kid from Bangladesh, yeah, we're going to see what we can do to keep you on. Right. We, we need to be, um, interacting with you much earlier in the cycle than that, if possible. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. So a lot of times I get calls from uh, ATDC companies, you know, from owners of companies saying, you know, hey, I just want to get some information. I may have somebody then bring on. I'm looking to sponsor someone or I have somebody who's about to graduate and I want to mm-hmm. bring him or her on. But I kind of want to just get some information first and make sure that I'm navigating everything correctly or do I need help with this or do I not? So sometimes I'll get phone calls or emails and, and I'll have a call, you know, month in advance or before somebody's graduated, you know, we're at the beginning of the school year now, but it might be come May, somebody's mm-hmm. graduating and, and, you know, they know they might want to bring this individual on. So I get calls way in advance to have conversations to make sure that everything's putting, being put in place correctly. And then even after that, it could be another year later and I get a call back and say, hey, you know what, we want to apply for a green card for this person. They've been doing a great job. How do we do that? How do we make sure that we can help them on a permanent basis because we want them around for a while? So a lot of it is just leading up to, you know, where work may eventually then happen. And that, but it's important too, because you, we as attorneys want it set up properly from the beginning, yeah. you know, even if it's what they're working on on their own before they hire us. So for a company that's in a high growth mode, really sort of taking mm-hmm. off, is it like a, are you sort of on call retainer? I don't know what the right word is, but right. uh, I mean, you're just, you know, there's, you got to have, you got to have the CPA, you got to, you, sure. you got to have all these different people, right? Yeah. You're part of that team. Right? Sure. So for us, it's it's a bit of a gray area, especially with respect to ATDC. Because we sponsor ATDC, I leave myself available to speak with ATDC members when the need arises. Nice. So it's not a retainer at mm-hmm. all because we're sponsoring ATDC. So I'm fully expecting to receive calls from potential clients. Right. So for me, potential clients are our corporate clients. I do a lot of corporate immigration work in my office. So even if that means I get a couple calls a week or a month or emails, to me, that's all part of of the process. And, and if we're eventually retained for the work, then that's when there's a retainer. That's when there's a formal contract. And everybody and wins on that relationship, exactly. right? Because it, it's a, it's a good fertile ground for yeah. prospective clients. And once again, and this is the theme in every conversation we have in this room, isn't it, Blake? I mean, this ecosystem that mm-hmm. ATDC has provided, right. I mean, what a haven. Yeah. What a marvelous ecosystem for those of us that are trying to, you know, get out there and build something. Yeah, it, it really works well together. It all works. So we always make ourselves available for anybody who needs questions answered, even if it's a bit premature and it might be further down the road before we're actually hired. That's okay because this that's is part of our, late, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's part of our marketing as well. Of course, you know, sure. is it in the end, it works out because we, we don't expect everybody to hire us overnight, particularly for corporate clients, um, family and individual based clients. 
which is the other side of the immigration law that I practice quite a bit, that's different. Sometimes there's an immediate need and so on. But for corporate clients, a lot of times you just have to build relationships, answer questions. And then all of a sudden I get an email one day and say, hey, we talked last summer, but now I'm at this stage with this individual. What do we need to do to get started? There you go. That's it. So your backstory, how did you get started with all this? How did you fall into this? So it's interesting for me. Uh, so I did my undergrad at UGA and um, I had an idea that I wanted to go to law school. And um, so it was just about a month or two before I graduated from undergrad. Okay. And I just, uh, I was looking for a job in a law firm because I wanted to get paralegal experience. I wanted to get law experience and that sort of thing. And I saw a job posting for an immigration paralegal and had no idea what it meant, but I always had an interest in international law, cultures, foreign governments, things like, things like that. So I thought, well, that could be interesting. I applied and, you know, and, and got the job. So upon graduation, came back home and literally started the following week with a corporate immigration firm, uh, in wow. the metro Atlanta area. Did that for a couple of years, got some experience, went to law school, came out, um, was well aware of the name Charles Cook, who's my managing partner, and I'm one of his partners now and mm-hmm. have been for 12 years at this point. And um, as soon as I passed the bar, studying and passed the bar, I immediately reached out to the office and applied for a job and followed up and followed up until they got back to me. And then the rest is history. So I've been with them for 12 years now. So is there a lot of... Um I'm from the training and consulting world, so there's a lot of we, – we, we characterize it as thought leadership. Mm-hmm. But just a lot of information because there's so much that can be shared, and a lot of times it helps us build credibility for our expertise. Sure. But it's also genuinely helpful. Is your world one of those that also is a good place to – like, do you find yourself writing and speaking and because there's so much information is changing so often? Is that? Yes, because it is so fluid. Right. Um, we actually engage the community quite a bit in several different capacities. So on the corporate side, beyond, you know, our sponsorship with ATDC and doing things like this, I actually also speak at the local universities. So not just Georgia Tech, but University of Georgia, ah. Georgia State as well, typically once or twice a year. So we try to cover at least once a semester and we actually go and speak to a a huge audience of their international students, sometimes professors, sometimes other individuals involved that just want information. But it's really key to make sure um, that everybody has information, that they're they're current on what's going on in in the immigration world. So I do quite a bit of that. We also speak at a lot of local churches, other schools, uh, just places where we can volunteer and kind of get our information and get the latest current events with immigration out there, both on the individual side. We do all the court stuff and removal and, you know, all the the stuff you hear about on the news. We do quite a bit of that as well. So on both sides of things, we try to get ourselves out there and get information disseminated as much as possible. And then there's the individual kind of related to the corporate work. I just dawned on me as you were talking, mm-hmm. um, the kid, they're all kids to me because I'm like 56 years old and <laughs> gray. But, um, you know, the kid who is an international student but really wants to be on top of their stuff recognizes that maybe – they have a relationship with a company that's not up to speed with all of this. Right. And so they want to be at least informed well enough to Mm -hmm. ask the right questions or to help the company that they want to be a part of get connected with you. So it's good to educate that crowd. So it's a really good point that you make. And a lot of the corporate clients that I've gotten over the last few years are exactly in that way. Because I go and speak to the, you know, panel of maybe 50, 100 students that are listening. They graduate, just like what I was talking about earlier, have their OPT, get a job, they speak to their employer, it might be a smaller company that's never done this, but are willing because they form that relationship with that new employee. And they say, yeah, help us out. But we've never done this. Can you put us in touch with somebody? 
that student says, you know, or former student says, you know what, I do know an immigration attorney. I've actually gotten quite a few clients that way. Um, and also for the other reason too, that international students, it, it's a totally different ball game for them. You know, for me, when I went to college, I had to worry about making sure I applied for my student loans, got my books, had my meal plan, got my dorm set up, you know, th- that sort of thing. So that was enough responsibility for me. That was stressful enough. But then to have the component on top of it, to maintain your lawful ability to remain in the U.S. Yeah. and that if you missed a beat at all, that you'd have to face leaving the U.S. and and possibly with the ramifications of not being able to come back. You know, there's all kinds of things that can happen and things that can go wrong. So they there's really a lot of pressure on these students to make sure that they stay in contact with who they need to, that they stay on top of making sure applications are being submitted on time. You know, so it can be really helpful for me to go speak with them, for them to then go to the employer to connect us and go from there. So it's very important. Well, it certainly sounds important. It strikes mm-hmm. me as important. Um, I don't think that I've ever really thought about looking beyond our borders as a a genuine strategy mm-hmm. for strengthening the company mm-hmm. and building the company. And I think I'm inspired to do that just from having this absolutely this, this conversation with with you. You invest a great deal of time and energy here at ADC. I mean, you really mm-hmm. do put some 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 sweat equity into mm-hmm. this whole thing. And you've communicated, you feel like you're getting your, your return on that sure. investment, but speak to this, if you will, just the, the, I don't know what to call it, ATDC culture, the, the vibe. Cause right. when Blake and I come here, we love, I mean, we did, we weren't just playing. We really enjoy this. There's a vibe here, isn't there? Oh yeah. I mean, there's a fantastic vibe from the first time I ever came in here for my first set of office hours, being welcomed by Aubrey up front. You know, it's just a really welcoming environment. A lot of times I see the same people kind of circling around the area that are here all the time that come and chat with me, you know, it, and it happens quite frequently. I mean, I try to come in and bring snacks. So I can engage other people. So there's somewhat of a, a casual atmosphere, but at the same time, you can always see people moving around, always working, you know, always doing their research. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that's going on, but at the same time, it's a really kind of cohesive community here at ATDC. So I love it. I, it's been a few years now that I've been here in sponsoring, and I'm, I mean, I hope it continues for a long time. Everybody, well, I, everybody has your back here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. your experience yeah. as, oh, yeah. as well, yeah? yeah mm-hmm. Everybody has your back. Everybody wants to know what you're doing, and they, mm-hmm. they're always open with working with you mm-hmm. so you always have open doors wherever you go where you have opportunities to sell that are easier mm-hmm. than just you know cold calling people you've got a whole network of people right. here that want to help each other succeed yeah. didn't we have an interview maybe it wasn't today maybe it was the last time that we were down here blake uh i think the phrase they used was um collisions or colliding like there's these uh in its most positive mm-hmm. sense right that, that there's the people bump into each other and create new stuff sure. all the time around here oh yeah i mean i guess everything yeah, we, here is we, about creativity <laughs> that uh that exact thing actually happened to us a few weeks ago um it's still tentative and we're still working on it, but there's a really big partnership with another company we're having here that's going to enable us to do a lot more. So well, that really is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. But to a person, mm-hmm. um, and, and often without any prompting, we just, we just hear over and over that what this environment is like. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's special. It's unique. Isn't yeah. It? It's definitely, it's enriching for sure. So, um, you know, and it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Especially for people who maybe didn't go to Georgia Tech. I didn't go to Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a, I'm a UGA grad. So this, right? is, this is all new to me a few years ago. But, you know, I'm not holding anything against Georgia Tech at all. I'm, I'm welcome and feel welcome. So I'm not going to plug know. the go dogs here. But <laughs> All right. So, Daniel, uh, yeah. uh, for you and for Cook Baxter, what's next for you? Where are you going to be putting your energy in the coming months? Are you, you, 
you got a, a particular plan of focus? Um, so my plan of focus is really continuing on the path that I have been in terms of corporate immigration. Uh, because we've been really successful with ATDC, you know, with speaking to students. I'm actually going to be at Georgia Tech in about three weeks, uh, speaking to their student body again, you know, for my yeah. annual fall semester uh, engagement to talk about the latest immigration issues. So that's really where I keep uh, my focus. Probably the biggest thing right now on the corporate front with visas are the E2 visas. So E2 visas specifically are investor visas. So it's for, yeah, it's a temporary work visa. The visa is good for five years, but the actual stay in the United States is in two year increments. So it's fantastic for individuals that are looking to invest in an enterprise. Obviously, I know ATDC companies, you know, a a large part of it is looking for investors, helping get off the ground and so on. So it's a significant component in E2 in order to initially be eligible. The U.S. has to have a signed treaty with the person's home country, the country that they're native and citizen of. So there's an entire list of E2 countries. So we have a lot more individuals that are reaching out globally, either here in the U.S., you know, that are here in some other type of visa or Mm -hmm. reaching out. I have somebody I spoke with from New Zealand just about a month ago that I'm going to be meeting with soon that said, and New Zealand's an E2 country and said, hey, look, I'm really looking, I'm meeting with um, brokers in the Atlanta area to vet out businesses where I can look to invest my money and to be able to apply then for an E2 visa. So it can be really beneficial for ATDC companies um, to really welcome this, the possibilities of, of global investors looking to help out yeah. and engage in, you know, in, in the economy here with, with companies here at ATDC. So that's where a lot of my latest focus on the corporate side of things is. You're never going to run out of stuff to do. Nope, not for immigration. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if our listeners uh, want to reach out, they'd like to learn more, have a conversation, further conversation with you or someone on your team. Yes. What is the most appropriate and best way to connect with you? Whatever you think is, is sure. most appropriate, LinkedIn, email, phone, whatever. What's yeah. the best way? Yeah. So the easiest way is uh, I'll just give website, my email, and direct phone number. Okay. That's the easiest way. I'm very available. Um, so website is www.immigration.net. So easy to remember. Again, my name is Danielle Claffey. My direct line is 404-949-8151. And then my email address, and I'll spell it out, is dclaffey at immigration.net. So it's D for Danielle, and then C-L-A-F is in Frank, F is in Frank, E-Y at immigration.net. And so you can reach me anytime. Well, thank you so much for coming in and visiting with us. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And um, you're going to be here a lot. We're going to keep coming. Maybe we check in with each other from time to time and sort of get like an update. Because as you mentioned, you know, lots going on in in your world. So let's let's stay connected on this. That sounds great. I'd love to. Fantastic. Hey, stay with us. We're going to visit with another guest. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear about it. I'll stay with you. (laughs) All right. For the balance of the Danielle Hour here at ATDC Radio, (laughs) we have with us CEO with Smart Convo. Miss Danielle Major. Mm-hmm. What'd you learn in that last segment? That was very uh, educated. Yes. And I was going to ask you one question. And sure. this is just a perspective question is, do you see some of the immigration things happening as, as a potential to hinder growth in our economy at all? Um, so some of the issues that, that we're seeing on the forefront that are coming out in the news and being reported are, in our opinion, of course, are... Um, doing a disservice to the ability for the growth of our economy. And of course, there's all different opinions on that and opposing opinions. Um, our feeling is, is that it really is stifling the ability 
to grow companies, particularly new enterprising companies, because of, you know, the difficulty and the fear really of proceeding, even if they find somebody that they're really interested in or their foreign national themselves mm. wanting to look into like that E2 investor visa. I've seen individuals looking toward Canada and other countries mm -hmm. to bring their money, their education, their background, because they're fearful of trying to go through a difficult right. process. And that's why I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you because you're yeah. close to it and you know. Sure. So I just, I'm just curious. Well, yeah, and you can ask question. her again next yeah, I know, week or I will. next month because she will. hangs out here I'll all the time. I'll give you the latest. <laughs> I definitely will. But again, um, how great is it that you have that kind of expertise mm -hmm. right down the hall, sitting in the lobby that oh, yeah. you can tap into on this topic or like the guy we were visiting with earlier today yeah. that has all that experience in the scientific community? ATDC is filled, just mm -hmm. absolutely filled with amazing resources. I mean, yeah. anywhere you go, you have mentors, you've got, you know, mm -hmm. enterprise connections, you've got, I mean, and through Aubrey, you got lemonade and I got a little sample right. thing of ob sauce, <laughs> just a little while. You oh, know, he makes his own sauce. barbecue sauce. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we've been here since April and I'm still just at the top of the iceberg of resources right. of, of what to do. So, oh, yeah. um, we just recently graduated an accelerator over at, um, Lenatech Village. Um, and then in that process, we became uh, an accelerate company here at ATDC. Um, our mentors, Jackie Chu. You've met Jackie. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We Jackie. know and love Jackie. Okay, just to back up real okay. quick. Um, Smart Convos yes. is the name of the company. Yes. Mission, purpose, and then let's do talk about some of yeah, that. And, and your work with Jackie and that kind of thing. Sure. So, mission. Uh, we want to, uh, I guess, revolutionize digital advertising in a more uh, engaging and transparent way. Um Advertising uh, has been the same way digitally for a long time, especially banner ads. You guys see banner ads mm -hmm. online all the time, mm -hmm. right? They sit there, they look pretty, but they don't really do anything. Uh, so we're trying to make them more effective by making them engaging and interactive by using AI chat inside the ads. So you can oh, actually have wow. conversations with brands live on a page, talk to them and get to know their product, uh, have personalized experiences. Awesome. So you turn a static you know, wallpaper – into interactive personalization. So it's, it's, it's just trying to flip that around so that people can stop ignoring them and just keep passing them and actually get something out of it. Um, yeah. Okay. Dream reality. Where are we on the, on the oh. journey here? Is, is this um, really doable? Oh yeah. So actually back up a little bit, uh, the two minute founder story. So this is actually my second business. Um, my first business was a web design and marketing company. Um, my husband and I are, are part business partners. Uh, he's a full stack developer and I'm a front end developer. So we worked really well making mm -hmm. websites and building client bases. So over the years we did ad campaigns and we saw that they, you know, performed poorly. They didn't really meet expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we always kind of saw like that's kind of a, a problem point and pain point that a lot of companies have, a lot of agencies have. Um, and so when AI and chat kind of started emerging with bots around 2016, uh, my husband and I were having the equivocal beer and idea moment. <laughs> and he said, you know, why can't we talk to ads? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you know, well, you see ads. They're what, all, what beer was he on? Yeah, right. <laughs> like the third or fourth, maybe. Who knows? Um, but we were just sitting there because you know, that's where all the good brainstorming moments come from. And, sure. And he was like, well, you know, like, if, what if we took an AI, you know, chat and integrated it into an ad and made it an experience versus just wallpaper? 
And I'm like, well, that's a great idea, but how would you build that? Like, that's <laughs> not a thing. He's like, well, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been coding since he was 12. So he's a very, uh-huh. very educated lover, coder, you know, geek to the max. And I'm like, okay, well, you just come back on me. I'm just going to finish running this business we already have. Um, so he came back, you know, fast track another year later. He said, look, like I built it. I'm like, you built it. And yeah, so he uses Google, Google dialogue flow, uh, no JS, AWS. I'm not going to give away the secret sauce, but. He built it and I'm like, okay, well, we can actually do this. And he's like, yeah. So we continued and I, I signed on to be the business arm. Um, as most coders, you know, they're a little bit more introverted, mm-hmm. stay in the background, do, do that function heavy lifting. And, and I kind of came in. I'm like, look, you know, I, I'll lead this and, and we'll take it from here. So right now we currently have a platform that you can use to build your own conversational advertisements. You don't need an AI developer. You don't wow. need a That's bot awesome. guy. You can literally within four easy steps, create an ad that talks to someone with an AI chatbot, get a code and push a campaign out. So that's what we're doing. Very way cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about me for a little bit. We've been in this, we, we, we've been in this episode 20 minutes. We haven't talked about me yet. So let's talk about <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, so, um, I am a partner mm-hmm. in a media company mm-hmm. and we want to, Build out the network. Sure. We have eight studios, nine counting us. We mm-hmm. want them all over the country with this whole mission of supporting and celebrating business. We've got a good little business model up under it. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs can make a very comfortable living in a lifestyle business. And um, we have a great system for uh, cultivating new prospective relationships, prospecting in any market that we're in for that market. Mm-hmm. We are in the same boat as everyone else in trying to drum up conversations about being a studio partner with someone in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. When it comes to me trying to market in Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, I, I'm not any better off than anybody else, even though I got the shiznit, I got the thing here in Atlanta or Phoenix or whatever. So I'm thinking maybe, and, and of course we've been approached with all this LinkedIn strategy and Facebook ads and all that, but I'm wondering this conversational thing, if it wouldn't give us kind of a leg up, could we possibly build something that would at least open their mind, arouse their desire to at least have a conversation about how and why it might make sense to run a studio in their market. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So if you came to us, we would work with you to build a campaign or build a strategy. Mm-hmm. And you can create your own script of what you want the bot to say, what you want it to ask. Um, because it gives you that second, you know, a third touch point, you know, versus just seeing an ad mm-hmm. you know you can prompt them with like a conversation point like what are you struggling with you know with your business or get them talking about what they need and what they want to accomplish so you can have that conversation and then on your end you can actually see the transcript of everything that they say oh wow and find out what they want to do and you can use that for marketing data and keep pulling pouring that back into your marketing efforts and can we build I, well, I'm operating under the impression we can even build immediate value in mm-hmm. that exchange. We oh, don't yeah. have to say, thanks oh, yeah. for, you know, clicking on my thing. Now buy my stupid stuff. Right. Right. We can, we can right. engage, provide value. You too, yeah. Danielle, right? right? With the thought yeah. leadership oh, I'm around. Thinking about yeah. So you can right? vet, you can vet your leads. So you can ask a question and ask them like, you know, like say if this was a service. So you could say, you know, what industry you're in? What vertical are you in? What are you having problems with? Mm-hmm. Right. Depending on what they say, it whittles out. And then it asks more and more relative questions. So instead of like having a blanket, you know, contact form where you get name, 
address or email, whatever, that's very general. Well, not only is it general, it's binary, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to almost like catch them when they're, yes, I'm mm-hmm. ready to pull the trigger yeah. and have a conversation about this now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas your thing's a little more, maybe a lot more like real yes. relationships go, mm-hmm. right? Let's- it's a more genuine connection um, because it's AI and you're having that conversation. People who talk to the ads, they feel like they've gotten their foot in the door more than just submitting a contact form waiting to hear back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can even schedule a, a call with you. They can... We can sync Google Calendar right in there. They could book a time to speak with someone, and you know, so consultations could consultations be could be booked within the ad. You can literally convert within. The, they wouldn't even never even have to go to your website. Wow. They could just book through the ad. How yeah. cool! And then once they did that again, we could maybe they booked the conversation for three mm-hmm. days from now. Maybe yeah. between now and then, we can provide some genuine value. Yeah. Right. Here's some background. Here's some things to think about yeah. if maybe you should run a studio or think, be thinking mm-hmm. about immigration mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, because if they enter in their email mm-hmm. uh, to set up that that. Uh, Google Calendar, right. and you can follow back up with them, send them some information so that they're prepared when they would come to talk to you. So what is your best thinking at now, mm-hmm. and I realize it may change and expand and, and grow and get refined, on where to place these right. interactive gizmo thingy bobbers, what would you call them? <laughs> conversational ads. <laughs> conversational ads. Okay. The, the short name is called Convo Ads. That's Convo the, ads. That's okay. the future trademark name. Got it. Um, well, the good thing about it is that we have a self-service platform with an ad network. Attached to it. You have an ad network in addition to a self-service. Yes. Okay, you got you to gotta explain all this. Okay, so uh, are you familiar with DSPs, like a demand-side platform? Absolutely not. No, okay. <laughs> Do I you agree. see the gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Danielle, number I'm two? I'm just yeah. behind on technology, so I'd love for you to explain. <laughs> so like, uh, very much like when you put an ad in Google. Everybody uses Google for ads, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of using Google for ads, you have DSPs, which are alternatives. They're, they're these larger ad networks, right? So if you were to come in our platform you can make your ad you can choose your budget and who you want to target and then pretty much launch the campaign mm-hmm. those campaign ads that you those ads will appear on websites of the people who you're trying to target same thing for her mm-hmm. if she's trying to target students um, then her ads can be targeted to the websites they visit mm-hmm. and then the likeliness to, to speak to an ad is higher and then that uh, likeliness to convert is even higher so okay, so so my group, the people in Pittsburgh, I might want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep talking about me. This is so much fun. I love talking about <laughs> me. Uh, so like coaches, professional services people, mm-hmm. um, they may enjoy actually being getting in the kind of the media business. But if all they did with the studio was use it to serve their local ecosystem mm-hmm. and build relationships for their own coaching, right. marketing. Uh, consulting practice, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would be a good investment for them. So I suspect there are websites mm-hmm. that that kind of person mm-hmm. uh, frequents, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. so the ad, and so that's where I would gear my stuff. And then Danielle, you mm-hmm. point yours in a whole other direction, right? Yeah. You just tell us who you want to target. We'll f- figure it out for you. Right. And you set your budget and we'll let the campaign. And you do some testing and see if, you know, whoops, Mm -hmm. you know, missed on that one. Yeah. And And you handle all that targeting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have, we have a whole, it's, we use Cintro, a basis. Basis is the number one DSP in the world. Uh, so they even have some better programmatic, um, advertising than Google. Mm -hmm. So they can almost reach almost more people and more specifically, uh, targeted better than Google can. Uh, so you can literally say, I want this ad to speak to these people. And just push the go button and you can go. Okay. So for me, it would have been the most fun on the deck having the beer. Mm-hmm. And it would have gotten a little less fun as we went along because I'm like, I'm that shiny yeah, the, the squirrel that chases down the shiny ball. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that journey and where you are sure. now. 
Okay. Uh, so we started building the platform. Uh, we just recently relaunched in June. Uh, we had a bit of a setback with, you know, some of the things we needed to do and we had to rebuild on AWS. So if you, anybody who knows about AWS who's listening to this, they, I actually know that because we store a ton they, of audio, right? It's, 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 Amazon, it's right? hard. Yeah. It's very yeah. difficult to try to build, but once you do it, you're pretty much set for life. So mm-hmm. this is where we're at. So we graduated our accelerator. Uh, now we're here in ATDC. Uh, we are cl- closing in some really good partnerships. Uh, we've made some deals with some agencies here in Atlanta, uh, who are bringing in our platform to use. Uh, so they're like a channel partner for you. They yes. are almost like a sales right. force. So the for ideal, you. the ideal customer we ah. have is either one, a CMO of a very agile medium to large business. Mm-hmm. Um, someone where we can take our platform, hand it to their marketing team and say, Hey, look, we're making conversational ads. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. It doesn't take it that long. Let's go. Uh, or we can partner with agencies here in Atlanta, um, and pretty much license out the software. And then that empowers their agencies to then make campaigns based on this type of ad unit. So, um, like when we pitched to Zoo Atlanta, it was like, um, you know, who's your spirit animal? Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of a giraffe or a panda or whatever. And it'll say, you know, talk to this ad and get $10 off your next admission. So you could hover over the ad, have this whole little quiz, oh, wow. find out who your spirit animal is, get your email. And then it'll email you that coupon and you could go redeem it at Zoo Atlanta. So it's this kind of hyper engaging mm-hmm. and, and locative and ad unit that gets people involved and gets people excited mm-hmm. to see ads versus just passing them by or being ignored. It's mm-hmm. we want to make ads people look for and want to engage with versus right. just some other piece of wallpaper on a website. <laughs> so your team's expanding. Yes. And we don't have them mic'd up, but you got a couple team members yes. here. Mm-hmm. So you, you have decided, I suppose, that mm-hmm. you need some very specific roles mm-hmm. um, filled and that you can't be wearing all of these hats. No, so I don't tell us a little bit about that learning sure. and some of the early decisions that you've made in that regard. Yes. Yeah, so um, early on in the stages, uh, I met Amanda, uh, my COO sitting next to me. Uh, she's my henchman and my number two. <laughs> uh, couldn't do anything without her. Uh, she definitely helps keep the, um, let's see, I'm a, I'm a very creative chaos person. Uh, so I'm kind of like a Tasmanian devil of ideas sometimes. And she helps whittle those down into, you know, effective action plans. Um, shortly after we brought Kimberly, uh, she's our director of marketing. Uh, and we also have another junior developer who just joined us, another intern. There are six of us total, uh, five females and one male. Uh, the lone male developer. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're doing a good job and, and, and we've made a lot of progress and, and it seems to be getting almost exponentially now. Um, every week there's something else happening. Some other new company comes in. Awesome. Other big agencies, they hear about us and they're like, what is this? We got to get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, conversational marketing. And advertising is going to be the next big thing. Um, it may not be a, a well-known term now, but I guarantee you within six months to a year, it will be what everybody's asking about mm. because chatbots and chat have already proven to be more effective in communications, especially reaching millennials and Gen Z. You know, nobody calls anymore, you know, barely anybody emails for stuff, but mm-hmm. when you have um, chat that's open 24-7 and you can be transparent with your brand and you can be there and answer questions when you need to, that's what people want. Mm-hmm. People want that transparency. They want to just get in touch with someone. With the way technology is today, there's no reason that that shouldn't be mm-hmm. the standard. So that's what we want to make is the kind of new standard of advertising. Well, it certainly seems like the best of both worlds to me because it, it looks to me like you're taking full advantage of the technology, the the messaging, the 
what you're communicating, you're always going to be at your very best, right? Yeah. You get the good message, you keep refining it, and it's always going to answer my question and, and engage with me in the best way you know possible now. Right. You can keep refining that. And it's a marvelous and perfectly, it sounds like, mm-hmm. natural bridge, pathway yes. to the uh, you know relationship. Yeah. Right. It, what a marvelous foundation mm-hmm. for relationships. Yeah. Company, companies that right. feel that, that CX pressure, customer mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. that is more now than mm-hmm. it ever has been. And also on the other side and on my ethical, you know, mission is that, you know, now more than ever, it's more enti- important to have a voice mm-hmm. in, in everything, having a voice, being able to express yourself. And if you ask yourself, when you see thousands of advertisements a day, how many opportunities did you get to talk back? Mm-hmm. How many opportunities mm-hmm. did you get to say, oh, I don't like that, or I do like that, or I'm interested? They're always coming at you, but they don't listen. So they should be listening. That's that's the whole next point of this evolution of marketing and advertising is that to be listening and to be proactive and, and actually engage and, and build real, real relationships and let people express their voice mm-hmm. in the advertising uh, experience. Make advertising experience where you can express yourself. Well, plus what? also we, we know that if you don't respond to somebody that's looking mm-hmm. for assistance, that's looking to hire very quickly or immediately, mm-hmm. they're just going to go on somewhere else, you you're know, going, so you, yeah. a platform to be able to really respond back and engage, yeah. you know, for somebody to be able to engage directly might be very helpful for, mm-hmm. for companies. For sure. And, and also just one other little tidbit is that um, another big problem that's been in the advertising industry lately is, you know, ad fraud and click fraud. Oh. Um, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. click fraud, you know, you have people going and clicking on ads. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's called click farms that mm-hmm. do that. Um, so with our ads, the way they're built, um, you can't necessarily click directly on them. So it removes that whole click fraud issue. Oh. Um, and also the way the chat is built. Um, it has to be a real person. So any conversations oh, that the ads have will also be a genuine person. So you don't have to filter out bots. You know, bots can't talk to bots. Um, <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, but yeah, so it's reducing a lot of friction. It's reducing a lot of, um, you know, extraneous data. So you're going to get like, you know, higher quality mm-hmm. interactions and conversions through, through ads directly. What an exciting time for you all. Thank you. So, what do you need more of now? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the focus now? Right. So right now we're kind of in that hard sales mode. Uh, mm-hmm. We're really trying to get in touch with as many agencies. Okay. Uh, so if you're a marketer or an uh, you're an account manager that works at an agency, uh, you know, reach out. Um, also, if you're you know a CMO of an agile startup here that you know has the budget to put some money into some really effective advertising. Uh, or if your brand is very eclectic in the way that it wants to be perceived and, and use mm-hmm. high tech, you know, engaging ads to, to put in your arsenal to show, you know, when, when customers see your brand, they're like, wow, they, they, they want to hear from me. They want to interact with me. So, um, any of those kinds of people that, you know, are in the advertising industry could definitely benefit from what we're doing. And at this point, you could probably talk to the CMO, the CEO, mm-hmm. the CEO. Yes, uh, absolutely. Right. Uh, if you go to smartconvos.com, you can sign up there. You can learn more about our uh, platform um, and schedule a demo. We'll, we'll demo it and show you all the different ways to do it. I see that, was, <laughs> that was actually going to be my question is mm-hmm. how can we possibly see it? How could I bring it back to mm-hmm. my management team when absolutely. we sit down and have our own marketing mean, meetings yeah. that where I could sort of present something to them and say, hey, maybe this is something we yeah. could look into. Like in your case, you could easily ask people, you know, with, how old are you? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. What's the problem you're having? Mm-hmm. Uh, what school do you go to? Mm-hmm. Get all that information right up front mm-hmm. and then 
And just one other little tidbit, we can actually do live chat takeover inside the ad. So if you had your uh, dashboard up, cool. you could actually see someone talking to the ad at that moment. Okay. And jump you were in. talking about jumping on it a little yeah. while ago, right? Yeah. You and can actually engage. jump in and say, hi, this is Danielle. Oh. And actually start talking to them and That's take awesome. the conversation from there okay. and say, hey, you know, email me, call me okay. or just keep talking to them. So, yeah, I know I can sit here and talk about features all day. Like, <laughs> we well, don't have enough time. And, I can sit here and listen <laughs> to them because, well, Daniel and I both, we are genuinely out there scratching, clawing, trying to mm-hmm. get this this work done to get our mm-hmm. message out so that we can have these conversations mm-hmm. with people that we believe we can we can right. serve. So this is marvelous. All right, before we wrap, one mm-hmm. more time, uh, coordinates, best way for folks to reach out sure. and learn more. Uh, you can go to smartconvos.com. If you want to sign up directly, you go to signup.smartconvos.com. Uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn, very uh, active on LinkedIn, Danielle Major. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at smartconvos. Uh, and that's it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for joining us. Keep up mm-hmm. the good work. Thanks. and. Uh, Let's talk again. Let's yeah, let's take sure. an I I only see this thing just uh skyrocketing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that insight. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, maybe in a couple of months from now after we have that partnership and we've got some of the mm-hmm. big campaigns, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share some really good stuff. Yeah, or maybe even bring in a delighted client. We'll oh, talk yeah. about that. So it's, it's, oh, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of fun things that we could do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be back in a few with ATDC Radio.